0: Just bought a chicken, it down. The chicken I'm not human. my drop my eyes booming. one giant leap for I'm high you been? This episode of the Chicken Tenders Podcast is brought to you by the Miner in Erica Falls. Thank you for sponsoring this season of the Chicken Tenders Podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Chicken Tenders Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Zach Laurie. And my favorite hockey player of all time, Matt freaking staging, Matt. It's an absolute honor to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks for the support. (laughs) You don't hear that too often.
0: Oh, hundred percent truth, man. Like, uh, the, the story behind it was like you were a rookie in, well, like you played one game in 0203, uh, you scored the one goal, uh, And then the year after uh, your actual rookie season, 03, 04, uh, my dad took me to a hockey card shop and I was already like a big fan of you, but you weren't like dead set as my best, like my favorite player yet. Uh, But he took me to a hockey card shop and he bought me like a a Matt stage and SPX autograph rookie jersey card. And that's like what set it in stone. And yeah, from that day forth, I, yeah, signed jerseys to pretty much every hockey card you had and uh i don't know if this is something that you would remember but did you get a lot of mail like a like fan mail at, as a leaf
1: yeah well you get it right through your career but i definitely got more uh in toronto you'd get it people would send it to the rink and then they would come And in toronto it was it would come in waves where in calgary it was a little bit less but uh yeah i always tried to um Sometimes it took me a while to get around to it, but I always tried to sign and uh, get it back to the people who took the time to send it in. So, um, if you got something back, that, that's good because uh, I, I did try and make an effort in that with with the, the fan mail.
0: I actually did. I had sent you a letter. I even sent a toony and everything just to, you know, cover the cost <laughs> back. And you had sent back like ten hockey cards, and that was, you know, highlight of my you know childhood.
1: Yeah, no I would, I would always try and throw on some extra cards if uh,
0: I could. So That's really cool. Uh what have you been up to since retirement?
1: Um not much. We uh, we live in Calgary and we have got two little kids, 6 and 2, so we're busy with with them and um yeah, I've been doing a little bit of broadcasting for Flames games, more regional coverage out here. So um you know the odd radio hit um coaching my kids hockey team when we're allowed to play hockey and i'm um, keeping busy that way so it's been uh obviously with the pandemic it's been um tough for everybody but uh i'm finding things to do and with two kids you're you're as busy you're always busy really you're always got something <laughs> going on so uh i'm trying to enjoy that because uh you know early on when i was finishing my career i missed a lot i was on the road and um you know i don't want to miss these years because uh they're growing fast but um yeah we'll see what's next i'm enjoying the broadcasting part right now um but we'll we'll see um, what else i want to deep dive into as as we go here um, you know kind of waiting for things to normalize
0: yeah things have been weird that's for sure that was actually the first question i had for you was that i've seen you on a bunch of broadcasts recently and if you were planning on making that like a more active thing
1: yeah i'm yeah a little bit it's something it keeps you involved and uh and i love the game it's given me so much and um and i enjoy uh going to the games it gives me something to do enjoy talking about it i'll always be involved whether whether it's just coaching kids or um doing that stuff um so i uh yeah i've enjoyed it you know i think you know, i get to go into the saddle don't even watch um NHL games, there's no fans, so it's a different vibe for sure. But uh, yeah, I've, I've seen the Leafs play here, probably, you know, four of the five games um, and I've seen a bunch of other games. So in that sense, it's been nice, um, but we'll see how, uh, you know, it's like anything, you know, I'm trying it out and and we'll see where it takes me. And if it's something I want to stick with or uh, if there's other opportunities that come along that that maybe I want to try.
0: No doubt. Yeah, that's really cool. I love seeing you there. I was excited every time I've seen you on TV. Um uh, tough question, sort of. Uh if the Leafs in Calgary were to play in the first round, <laughs> who are you cheering for? Um, yeah, it
1: is tough. I honestly I I probably wouldn't care. <laughs> no, I'd be happy that, that one of them is winning around and they might play, right? But it's uh the way Montreal's sliding right now, Calgary might sneak in. Um yeah. on a person on a personal level, I, I just I have a lot of friends on the flames still. So I'd probably want them to to pull through. Um, you know, but at the same time I've uh you know, I don't I don't pick sides. I I loved my time with both organizations. Um we live in Calgary now because we we love living here. Um, but I grew up a huge Leaf fan. So I have my eye on both. Uh so we'll see. Hopefully they do play each other because that means Calgary can sneak in here. Um but uh, you know what, if I'm uh, using my my brain and not my heart, I, I definitely think the Leafs, uh, you know, should should, um, should be able to win that that first round uh, this year, no matter who they play, because uh, they got they got pretty good team, uh, as good as we've seen in, in the last, uh, you know, 19, 20 years.
0: Most definitely. I actually think I'd rather see the Leafs play the Habs than Calgary, to be honest. I think Calgary gives them a tougher run.
1: I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And and Calgary's played well against Leafs all year. They're
0: playing such
1: a, they're playing such a simple, boring style right now. Um, that, you know, that's what their all setters brought in and, um, they've been successful, you know, they're, they're close games. Um, so it would be, I think watching Montreal right now play, they, yeah, they don't look, uh, there's something off about that team right now. Um, maybe they get carry price back. It'll help them. But, uh, Definitely, I think Montreal's a better matchup for Toronto. Um, if you're looking for, you know, who's the better matchup. But uh it'd also yeah. be cool to see Montreal, Toronto in a playoff series. You know, I think you can spin it either way you want. Um, but uh Calgary still needs some help here. Um, we'll see if if Montreal keeps sliding away there. I think uh yeah, we might see Calgary slide in.
0: No doubt. Oh, Bennett's been playing like crazy good in Florida. Since yeah, he's,
1: I'm I'm yeah he's been great um you know i i love that kid um you know it's good he's fresh out he needed a fresh opportunity um just a you know fresh start because uh you know he had a lot of ups here but a lot of downs and, and it was wearing on him and uh you know he was kind of put into a thrusted into a role where you know he's a checking center and um or a fourth line center and and um you know he's still a young guy with you know a lot of talent but he also brings that grit and uh so far so good in florida they've they've thrown him right onto their second line with some pretty skilled guys which uh has helped him and and he's playing with confidence scored the ot winner last night so uh so happy for him and uh hopefully you know he continues and and has uh has a great career because uh he's a guy that that will benefit from just a clean slate and a fresh start somewhere
0: no doubt yeah he's played very well out there it's cool to see uh totally back the other way but do you think the Leafs are a dirty team i mean that's like a trending topic right now <laughs> no that's just
1: uh yeah some of the stuff i see in the media or just fans social media uh just ridiculous um no they're not a dirty team <laughs> um i don't think what team i don't think there are any dirty teams you know that certain teams have players that rub players and fans the wrong way um yeah, exactly. You love to have them on your team. But, I, you know, I wouldn't say um, I don't even know who's dirty on Toronto. I wouldn't even pinpoint, you know, they don't have a guy who's who is like, you know, undercover dirty. Like they have guys who who uh, finish their hits or, you know, that um, will step up now with Simmons there and um Bogosian, They brought in some toughness. And um, yeah, I think they're just trying to play that style because once you get to the playoffs, it changes. You know, you're not going to just win uh, just on skill. That's uh, never the case in the playoffs. So, no would be my answer. I don't think I don't think there's any dirty teams in the NHL in today's game. That's that's uh, and that's an understatement.
2: <laughs> that's fair. Hey Zach, uh, you got a question for Matt? I do. This is probably a question you've got a lot, Matt. But what was it like playing a thousand games in the NHL? Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's surreal to tell you the truth. I look back now and I'm like, I don't even know how that happened. Um, but honestly, you grow up and I'm sure you guys are the same playing hockey, road hockey, minor hockey, your dreams just to play, you know, one game in the NHL and, uh, even, even just to get to the OHL when I was growing up would have been, um, an accomplishment, you know, I was just so excited to, um, you know, maybe get there one day. And, um, yeah, so it just kind of happened. you it's cliche You focus, you know, one day at a time and, and that's, that's what you do. And time, it goes by so fast, but you just, you never take anything, um, for granted. You know, I think that that's what I'm so proud of is getting there is one thing. Um, but being able to stay there, overcome a lot of adversity ups and downs in my career and, and tough markets. Um, you know and not ever you know because someone's always trying to take your job you know that that's it's a competitive industry obviously you know top 700 players in the world are in the nhl so to be able to have stayed there for as long as i did i it's i'm, I'm very fortunate happy um and proud and and you know I, i'm thankful really and I, and you don't do it without your support staff, just you know, the people around you, your teammates, you know, the trainers, and especially the people at home who are the ones, you know, my wife, you come home, she's the one that I vent to and, you know, in tough times, you know, so there's just so many layers to, to player, um, to any person really in life. You have so many layers as to how you go about things, but at the NHL level, there's, it's the same. And uh, I'm just thankful. I, I reached that milestone and got to celebrate it with, uh, you know, all the people that, that were there for me and have been there for me and continue
0: to be there for me. That's awesome. I got a question off that. Where do you keep the silver stick?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, right now it's, uh, it's just in the basement. Uh, um, just lying on the, on the bed. I got to get a mantle for it, um, to put it up. Uh, it's in actually, it's comes with a little red, um, little red case that you put it in just a cloth case to protect it. But, uh, Yeah, it's heavy. So it's really heavy. So what they do is they take your, they take the game stick and they, they dip it in silver. So like it's coated. So it's really heavy. So you can't just put it on a couple nails on the wall. You got to get something (laughs) to to hang it up. And uh, I I don't take it out often. I probably should. Um, You know, I don't like to, you know, I'm not the type to just kind of when people walk in my house, look at my silver stick. So uh, it's just sitting in the basement. But uh, one, one cool thing with, with that is they gave my my kids one as well calgary does a really good job with with ceremonies and um they they came up with the idea and they just did it for the for luchi to just reach a thousand games um yeah. they give all your kids uh they a mini stick coated in silver so there's one they have set they my sons have sticks that say daddy's thousandth game um coated uh-huh. a little silver stick that they can display in their room um so it's uh yeah that's my uh I never got the stanley cup but at least i have uh i have that silver stick which is yeah i guess it's, it's very rare only 300 i think it's at 350 players ever to reach a thousand regular wow. season games so um sure. yeah it's something i'm I'm really proud of and would have as a kid if you told me i would have told you you were crazy but uh it, it happened and um, i'm very proud of it and uh, looking back on it now i'm uh yeah it's just it's crazy to
0: think enough. I mean, 12 year old me right now would be sorry for the language, but would be shitting bricks if he knew he'd be interviewing Matt Stagin right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, hey, I was it's crazy you say that, but like I was exactly I was a diehard Leaf fan. I loved Doug Gilmore. Um, I had a Sundin jersey growing up. I had a Tucker jersey. So like. I was the same, and uh, before he knew it, I was I was in a dressing room with all three of those guys. My first game, Doug Gilmore was on the team. Um, he was injured, uh, but he was uh, he came to me right before the the game because he, he probably had heard that he was my favorite player. Um, he came from the uh, just when he got to the game into the dressing room and just gave me a little tap and said, "Go do your thing, congrats." Um, you know, he never played another game after that, but uh, he was uh, he was in that dressing room, and then I got to play with Tucks and and uh and matt Santine for for many years brian mccabe all these guys i you know grew up idolizing and watching through their runs in the late 90s uh you know all of a sudden i was in that room with them it's uh it's surreal so it's uh, it's crazy how it all happens and i'm happy i can be here with with you and uh um it's nice to hear that i had had a loyal fan all these years
0: <laughs> oh 100 percent 100 percent um uh I lost my chain of thought. Um uh
2: did you have another question there, Zach? I do most of mine are all hockey related, but who you, would you who would you say was the hardest player you ever played against in your career?
1: Um well there's there's so many unbelievable talents. I think uh I, I really loved playing as a check and center. I did a lot in Calgary. Um you know, so I'd be matched up against their team's top line a lot of nights, and even in Toronto, I was I was playing on the top line. We were playing against the other team's best a lot of nights. Once uh, Sundin and and that group kind of left, so yeah, that's it's tough um to say one guy um, for you know to create offense. You know, playing against Chara was so hard. He's just so big, and um, especially when he was in his prime you know, he was deceptive. He, he'd look slow, but he's not like, cause his stride so long, you know, obviously now he's slowed down cause he's like 50 years old, but um, <laughs> he was just so strong. You couldn't hit him off the puck. He had a long stick. Um, so it was hard to create anything. Um, and I think any player, especially in the, around, you know, 2010, 2009, where we played Boston a lot, um, would say the same. He was, uh, he was a guy to, that was hard to create against and he was he was skilled like his game evolved and he had a hard shot he played on the power play so I'd say him if I had to pick one um but if I went in a defensive role I'd say um you know Connor McDavid my last year is just he was so fast where if you lost positioning you were you were in one pretty quickly um (laughs) so he'd but that was later in my career um I'd say yeah Crosby always just so smart you know there's just I can go on it but i I'd say yeah, Crosby, McDavid for sure to, to try and shut down would be two of the toughest, and Char would be if you're trying to create offense. He's a he's a guy that just um, you couldn't really do much if he was on his game.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Char is still kicking. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, your your last professional season, you actually went overseas to play. Uh, what was that like? Was uh, John Mitchell being on that team like an influence on you going over there?
1: Yeah, it was actually. I So we made the decision um, in the summer. I was like, you know what? I I could have went on a PTO to a few NHL training camps. I'd reached my thousand games. I was, you know, and just talking with my agent. I was just like, OK, hey, what are the options here? And uh, he's like, you know what? And he gave me the numbers you know ptos guys who make it up pto especially when you're 35 is small percentage um and he's like you've had a great career like i don't want to see on the ticker on tsn that you've been released from a pto and that's how your career ends so um we kind of made the decision that summer you know what um, my days in the nhl are probably done you always you always want to keep playing and maybe i should have tried i kind of think maybe i should have gave it a go somewhere but um you know, I saw other guys that were in the same position as me do that so I think I made the right decision and so that summer I just started looking overseas um, reaching out to um, people who are connected over there and um, I had some offers to go to the KHL which I did not want to do that just because the travel and uh, everything it would bring I had a, we had a newborn baby so it just that was not an option and then we had a few options in Switzerland um, but at the end of the day we. You know being friends with mitchy john mitchell and um you know talking to him about his experience in germany uh he said he, they loved it and the difference was in germany they have the import rule; they have 10 plus imports so um in switzerland you only have three imports so you usually only get one or two north americans on the team because sometimes a guy from sweden where in germany you know there was ten. North Americans on, on every team. That's what makes the league even stronger than people think. So, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of talked to him. I was talking to Doug Shedden a bit too, who is in Ingolstadt, another team in Germany, but, uh, uh, you know, Munich just seemed too good to be true with, uh, with, uh, that city and, um, everything that comes with living in Munich and then knowing Mitchie and, um, you know, and, and some of the other names on that team, it was, uh, it was a no brainer. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And luckily they had an import spot available for me because that gets uh, taken pretty quickly over there. It's a lot luck that goes into the way things work over there because guys are signing like the year before for the next. It's kind of like soccer where you guys get transferred, but they finish the season on a team. It's really, it's really weird because um, so, yeah, so we went there and loved it. Loved our time there. Um, got to see you know, put big, you know, Munich and then a big part of Europe and, um, the the atmospheres at the games, obviously this is all before COVID, uh, was unbelievable. It was like, you know, you're in a jam packed 8,000 seat arena and fans are chanting the whole game. It's, uh, it's like a Mm. soccer game on a lesser scale in a small rink, but it's probably louder because you're in a small building. And, um, I love my time there. I, I, uh, and you know, kind of, Got me to you know i didn't really know much about the europeans yeah, i knew a little bit but it really opened up my eyes as to all the opportunities and the leagues and how everything works over there um so i'm so glad i got to experience all that um and uh it was a good way to finish like we uh yeah you want to play forever but uh you know at some point you gotta look in the mirror and, and uh, you know you have a family and what's what's best and it all worked out because um, yeah, it would have been tough to be over there when COVID started. So I'm kind of lucky oh. in that sense uh, that it that it ended the year before all of all of this pandemic stuff that we're going through.
0: That's true. Was uh, like how much different was the play compared to the NHL?
1: Um, I'd say I'd say Germany's the closest um, style-wise, but you're on an Olympic ice surface, so uh, it, there is a different style in play um you know it's less stump and chase um so you, but but skill wise like honestly i would say I, and i'm confident in this our team like our team in germany i'd say the german league the top five teams in german league would be top teams in the ahl like i think it's a better league all around obviously the the high end in the ahl the guys on the cusp of playing in the nhl yeah. are uh, are a little bit better but as a whole i'd say I would rank it you know above the ahl as a whole because you have older professionals that go over there um you know guys who don't want to be ahl lifers they go to europe and and they make become you know lifers in europe and it's uh it's it's underrated i'll tell you that it's very underrated i was i was actually i um, surprised and uh and if i was to rate we we played in the champions league there and our team made the final so we got to play you know teams in the swiss league and the swedish league um so if i was to rank they say that it's like obviously the khl is the khl uh, but they're kind of an outlier but the other leagues in europe i'd say it's switzerland and sweden and then germany um but they're all pretty close like the top teams in all the leagues are really close and german hockey is getting even better and what makes them even better is they have 10 imports so you have the talent coming in from different countries they're not just solely based in germany we're yeah. in switzerland You need, you know, 17 guys in your roster need to be Swiss. So, um, I'd say, you know, it's, it's all pretty close and, um, people do undervalue that, but, uh, I'm here to tell you, it's, 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 it's really talented. Lots of options over there. That's really cool.
0: Um, uh, a little bit off the other side, but, uh, throughout the years, uh, who would you say is like one of the best friends you've made in the NHL, like someone you still call and text on a regular basis? Oh, there's, there's a lot.
1: Um, I, I grew up with Koliakovo, so he's, I've, I've always kept, in, yeah, I've, I've always kept in touch with him, but I knew him my, my childhood years. Um, but I'd say, you know, right now, like I'm close to Brian McGrath he lives in Calgary and I keep in touch with Lee Stempniak, um, ironically, who Koliakovo got traded for. We, he was in Calgary for a while with me um and Toronto um but I keep in touch with quite a few guys like I still talk to Brian McCabe Darcy Tucker like um you know you you keep in touch with everybody but it's it, it's definitely um you know it, it it's it's like anything you get traded you think you're gonna you know be close and talk all the time with the guys you just played with but no you're in a new dressing room and all of a sudden you're around 20 other new teammates friends that become friends they're like brothers to you for you know for eight years here in calgary so now i'm close with them so if i was to pick one uh it would be geo mark giordano would probably be the guy i came really close with because we were here in calgary for eight years and uh no and we're doubt. good family friends our kids are friends and uh, we see each other all the time um so he'd be the guy but i kind of knew him growing up too playing against him in the gthl that's uh, funny how all that works
0: <laughs> no doubt Camillary.
1: <laughs> well uh, camilleri is that- well, another guy we're work- we still talk quite a bit. So there's, there's a lot I can go on. You mentioned a name. I'm like, yeah, I talked to him.
0: So that's <laughs> crazy. Uh, I thought it was cool. The interaction that you had with like Jason Spezza when you were on the uh, broadcast the one night, it just seemed, you know, personal more than just like a broadcaster talking to a player, right?
1: Yeah. Well, he's another guy I played minor hockey with. And then we played a little bit, he got traded to Belleville where I played junior. So I got to play like, you know, half a season or before he went to the NHL with him. And, you no, know, you keep in touch he's not a guy texts and stuff all the time but when we see each other it's like no time has passed and him and brian mcgrattan are close so yeah you just kind of through these lifelong friendships and you have have this bond that's unbreakable because you're you've lived the same type of lifestyle and um you know what you know the tough times and and good times that you get to have as a hockey player so it's just kind of a bond you have and um yeah he's a guy that for sure he's it's great i'm so happy that he's still going and adapted his role and um he's having a great year so it's great to see and it was fun doing that they kind of i was a little weary of doing it. i was like yeah, i don't know if i want to do that And they kind of forced me into it um so <laughs> i hope people liked it i was a little bit nervous
0: yeah no it was good it's like a fun fact i guess for this year is that Spetsat making uh, 700 000 a year is actually has more points than josh anderson in montreal <laughs>
1: He probably has a lot, lot more points than a lot of people. <laughs> he's having a great year and, and limited Incredible. ice time. and hes uh, He just loves the game. So he's, uh, I think yeah, he would probably play a few more years, and Toronto's lucky to have him.
0: Most definitely. Uh,
2: Zach, you got a question? I do. As you can see by the Sofetchkin jersey, you can probably tell on the Caps fan. The question out there with Ovi right now is, can you catch Wayne Gretzky's goal record? Do you personally think you can catch Wayne Gretzky's goal record?
1: Uh, yeah, I think he will. Um, yeah, he's he just scores goals, and uh, he's another guy. I should have said it hard to play against, like you know him him and Backstrom. Like you know all these years, I know they don't always play together anymore, but they're so hard. They're so smart, and um, you know I think he, I think he will catch it because I think he'll play for another as long as he can. And I think Washington will let him because he's, you know, he's turned that franchise around. He's brought them a Stanley Cup. He's done everything. So um, that'll be exciting to watch. I know you as a Caps fan, i like to hear that. Um, <laughs> and and he's still one of the best goal scorers in the game. He is. If You know, you could say Matthews is maybe a little bit better now, but um, it's crazy to watch. So, uh, yeah, he's a guy that was, that was a lot of fun and challenging to play against. We, I went, my days with him went all the way back to, we played against him in the World Juniors in Halifax when he was still. He was like 17. We're in the full cage in Halifax. So hmm. uh, he gave me a lot of nightmares over the years. But, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah, he, uh, he seemed to always score against the Leafs. So it's, it's one thing I remember t- five sec, five minutes into the game. He'd always seem to have a goal and you know, off the rush, just top <laughs> shelf but his release.
2: Oh, incredible you, you mentioned Nick Backstrom, too. Me being a Caps fan, I find he's very underrated. Do you think he's very underrated? Because with Ovi there, he doesn't get a lot of spotlight.
1: Well, he's underrated for sure in the in the public eye and fans, and because Ovechkin's there. But um, the sentiment with players in the league, he's not underrated. Because when you go into Washington and you're a player on their team, you know exactly what he is, and you got (laughs) to watch out for him. And and you could say that about a lot of guys. Obviously the you know the shining star you know the superstar that everybody talks about um gets the limelight publicly in the media but you know when you're a player in the league you know exactly what each guy brings you know with scouting reports and um you know we don't gloat about what how good other players are but you're very aware and he's definitely a guy that um you know has a lot of respect and um you know he's just a phenomenal player that's um does everything so i you know you know he's just as important to that franchise as, as Ovi, you know, but obviously Ovi's going to get, you know, majority of the, of the, you know, honor and, you know, people in the public eye, especially with what he does, but uh, for sure it's, it's, he's just right there with them.
0: No doubt. Um, uh, If you had to pick one person, uh, whether it's a coach or a player or anybody uh, from your NHL career, who would you say that you learned the most from?
1: Oh, um, yeah, that's tough. Cause it's tough to pick one person. Cause you, you take so like I came into the league as, as a young guy and I remember just watching, I roomed with Joe and you know, I'd look up to Matt Sandine, talk to him. And so you take little snippets from, from everybody around you, you know, especially the people you respect. Um, so it's really hard for me to pinpoint one person, um, you know, because there's so many. You know, but I, I will say that just watching guys and the way they handled themselves early in my career. So Gary Roberts, Matt Sundine, Brian McCabe, Joe Newendike, you know, all these guys, um, you know, Darcy Tucker, you know, just they they all brought different elements that I respected so much, you know, whether it was the fire, whether it was the way they took care of themselves off the ice, um, you know, whether it was just what they did to, you know, make themselves better. So you kind of you take a little bit from everybody and uh and even your coaches like looking back now like did i get along with all my coaches no but um i really understand now especially you know when you're 23 24 maybe you don't understand as much why they're doing certain things why they're pushing your buttons why they're hard on you um because at the end of the day they're trying to get the most out of you um they're trying to maximize um what you bring to the team um, and there's different philosophies and you don't like some ways and some ways work for you in some ways don't but uh I respect it all um so and another guy was Berkey Berkey Brian Burke was always very influential to me and and you know he traded me so there's a reason for me not to say him but he also he came to Calgary and signed me an extension after he was here and I just grew you know to know Berkey and, and just what he you know his whole thought process not just the hockey just to everything around the game um you know he really understands the, the human side and and uh, I think he's been a really nice addition for Pittsburgh and glad I got to spend a lot of my career with him as, as part of the organization.
0: No doubt. Uh, I was really sad when you got traded. It was probably my saddest hockey moment uh, of all time for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was
1: I was shocked too, to tell you the truth. I wasn't expecting it, to tell you the truth, but uh, that's, that's how it goes.
2: <laughs> um, uh, Zach, you got another question? do. Did you always want to play hockey when you were growing up or is there something else you wanted to do before hockey or even maybe when you were like nine, 10?
1: No ho- hockey was it. I, I played, I loved sports. I, so I played soccer and um, lacrosse and baseball. Like I loved all kinds of sports for sure. So, you know, I, I wanted to be an athlete, but uh, hockey was always my number one. I, uh, I lived and breathed hockey. I went to hockey schools. I, you know, I put in my time. It didn't just happen. Um, you know, I was fortunate. My parents really gave me the opportunity to get better and, and pushed me when I needed pushing and were there for me when I needed them in different ways. And uh it happened fast. You know, it, it's you know, but you have to believe. You gotta believe in yourself because there are a ton of doubters right through. But uh I I wanted nothing else but to be a hockey player my whole life.
0: No doubt. Uh, you got another one there, Zach?
2: Yeah, I've seen things like people talk about certain arenas aren't enjoyable to go play in. Which arena did you like playing in the least as a visiting team?
1: <laughs> I loved playing in Toronto as, as a home team and visiting team. Um, but the arena I hated the most was, uh, as a Calgary Flame, I hated playing in Anaheim. Like we, I, I think I won one game in eight and a half seasons, which included two playoff series in that building. So I just wow. hated it there. Just it, I think we set a record for most consecutive losses in a in an arena. So that that's that arena is my kryptonite for sure. And and uh, just hated playing there. <laughs> they had a good teams, so don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say Anaheim um, as a Leaf. What arena did I not enjoy? Uh I don't know. I don't, you know at Leafs have such a good following everywhere. <laughs> you go to Florida, it's packed with Leaf fans. You go to, you know, LA everywhere. It's there's leaf fans everywhere. So um yeah, I I liked every rink. Uh, uh you know, different experience in every rink. So um yeah, I love the saddle dome too as a as a home and as a visitor. It's just a cool, you know energy to that arena. I know it's old now, but it's uh it brings a different vibe than all the new rinks bring. Um so I'll say those bunch of rinks I just mentioned.
0: Right on. Uh what's your most uh memorable moment as a hockey player?
1: Um for sure scoring the uh series clinching goal in game six against Vancouver in twenty fifteen. Um it, we were it was a Saturday night. We were underdogs in the series against Vancouver, up three-two, and yeah, I scored with four minutes left in the in the third period. We came back from we were down three-nothing in that game. Um, it was a eight-thirty start in Calgary on a Saturday, so the fans were roaring, uh, parting all day on Seventeenth Ave here, the Red Mile, and <laughs> so you drive through that to get to the rink, and then to be able to to score the. The winning goal with four minutes left after coming down from three nothing was uh yeah that that feeling and moment tops it off uh without a doubt um you know i don't think uh scoring any goal in the nhl is uh is, is an unbelievable feeling but uh that's that's on another level there and that's definitely the moment
0: i can just imagine um, I noticed you've been doing like the reason why I reached out to you specifically was obviously cause you were my favorite player growing up, but I noticed you were doing like, uh you know, lower level podcasts, I guess you could say, is there a reason for that? Like just like giving back or.
1: Yeah, I, honestly. Um, just, yeah. People reach out. Um, you know, I I'm not the type of guy that's going to just brush people off. I want to give everybody the time of day. We're all, we're all people trying to, You know have success what we do and you know if i could share my story and help um anybody out um yeah i I try and get back to everybody i don't think uh, you know just because someone has hundred thousand followers doesn't mean i'm gonna just go on their podcast It's, it's not what it's about to me so you just try and give back to you know to hockey fans and people who support the game hockey's done a lot for me and fans are a big part of that so that's honestly it i i try and get back to you know, everybody who, who messages me and, and it's not always I can do it right away. But um over time, I try and try and hit everybody uh, and check all the boxes when people people reach out.
0: That's really cool. Oh, I was ecstatic when you got back to me. Like I was, I'm not going to lie, I was almost in tears. I was with Zach on the phone and I'm like, yo, Matt just got back to me. Like, this is crazy. I ran downstairs to my wife and I was like my literally mad stage just got back to me and she's like, no way. <laughs> yeah here we are That's that's pretty cool uh no it's
1: at least i could I, I i uh i enjoy talking hockey so uh hey i uh, i never lost sight of that part of the game that's for sure because i was one of those kids growing up that would go for autographs if i saw you know an ahl player i'd be in awe um you know I, that was at a rink in toronto so uh, i never lost sight of that whether it's signing autographs or even now just people you know making requests you, you try and uh you know, try and always remember where you came from.
0: That's really cool. We appreciate it. I'm sure everybody else does too. Um, Zach, do you have another question?
2: Yeah. As a former goalie, I've always kind of wondered who players consider the hardest goalie to score on, not necessarily the best goalie, but the hardest to score on in any sort of situation. Who would you say was the hardest goalie you had to score on or face in your career?
1: Yeah, for me, every player would be different. But for me, I actually like. I seem to have like a good goal, like t- Hall of Fame goalies, like Broder and um, you know. I seem to have his number. I always scored on Broder, but <laughs> um, I always had a hard time um, scoring against uh, Miller, who just retired or, or is retiring. Then Ryan Miller. Um, When I was in Toronto, um, I think I scored. I scored a few goals. It's not like I didn't, because we played Buffalo so often. But he was always, you know. But then, ironically, when he was in Vancouver, he was the goalie I scored on in Game Six there. That the goal I just talked about. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's just kind of different seasons uh, go differently. Um, You know, there's some rinks I just I couldn't seem to score in Chicago for whatever reason. I I just never. I don't think I ever scored a goal in that rink. Um, I got a bunch of assists, but. Over the years, Um, Marc Andre Fleury always had my number too. He's another guy and he's still kicking and probably going to be up for the Vesna this year, which is another um, incredible, incredible incredible season for him. So, yeah, I'd say he's probably, you know, those names are probably some of, but different times, you know, you just never want to think about that because then you get in your own head. If I'm I'm sitting there before a game, I'm like, man, I never score on this guy, then chances are I'm not going to score on him. So I, I, uh, now that I'm done, I don't mind saying names, but when you're playing, it's it's not something I I was talking about too much to people.
2: That's fair.
0: Uh, Zach, you got any more?
2: Who would you say is the best player you played with in Toronto and Calgary since you played with a lot of really good hockey players? Oh,
1: yeah, that's... It's, uh, it's hard to, you know what in Toronto, Matt Sundin, I know he, it was later stage of his career, but you know, my first few years he was, he did it all. He's just such a horse. Um, you know, he played every situation. He was big, strong. Um, especially my first year with the old rules, just watching him, just, you know, plow through people, good (laughs) speed too. Like he was fast, but people don't realize how fast he was for a big man. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't look as fast because he's bigger, but he was fast and skilled. So I'd say Max would be Toronto. Um, Phil Castle was just a natural skill, skilled guy. So, you know, playing on his line, guy on my line would probably be Phil because he was so good. The I don't know, it was only half a season, but um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then Jerome McGinley was, he was power forward, but also so skilled. So he, you know, those are the names that really come up. I know they're easy answers, but, um, there's reasons all of these guys, you know, have you know, over a thousand points, or will have over a thousand points, you know, at the NHL level. It's because um, when you're in a dressing room with them, you're like in awe, um, and then you get to see it every day at practice. It's it's crazy. Um, I will say though, McGilney was probably the natural talent. McGilney, just watching him in practice, he was just so good. Um, Johnny Goudreau is really skilled when you want like just skill. Um, so, there's some names. Um, I could probably name a whole bunch of other guys, but uh, different stages of their career, right? There's a lot of Hall of fame. The first year in Toronto, I played with a lot of Hall of Famers. If you look at that roster, there's a ton of guys. Um, so, you know, I, I could probably name all those guys too, but different stages in their careers for sure.
0: That's cool. You don't have to answer this one, but uh, if uh, if you were building a team in their prime, are you taking a Ginler or Sundin? Cool. <laughs>
1: um i would i well i would take uh oh that's tough but honestly i would take sundin just because he's a centerman um that's the only reason i think i'm a big believer uh you know if you have two guys that are that dominant pretty equal really um yeah i take the centerman just based because he's a centerman that's the only reason um but i'll take either of them if i'm building a team with them in their prime
2: oh yeah (laughs) most definitely Uh, You got another one, Zach? Who would you say is your favorite player to watch currently in the NHL?
1: Oh, easily Connor McDavid. Um, As much as, uh, you know, we're we're supposed to hate Edmonton Oilers here in Calgary. um, It's just, I put it on. He's just so entertaining. Uh, You know, I think he's a guy that you watch the game just to watch a player And, and you don't get that very often, right? So, um nowadays he's the guy i enjoy watching the leafs because they they're their offense and they're you know austin matthews and mitch marner they're very dynamic um but uh yeah this year it's all it's been all canada right it's all the canadian division so the, the two most entertaining teams to me though are, are uh you know toronto and and then edmonton edmonton just for the fact they have mcdavid and dreisaitl it's uh you know they're a good team but those two guys are you know top five talents in the league so it's uh as a player i really respect what they're doing um you know at that level individually
0: are you taking edmonton over winnipeg in round one
1: yeah if i if i had to pick i I would especially with you know the way winnipeg's kind of struggling right now um you know and and smitty mike smith is he's a gamer in the playoffs um yeah so i think if he plays like he's been playing for sure although halibut can can be the same um i just take you know you just take those guys dry side mcdavid um you know to be the x factors in the way they've had success this year but who knows we, we saw what happened last year in the playoffs when chicago went in and beat edmonton but uh yeah if i had to pick one i'd say i think edmonton and toronto is going to be the the second round matchup in the north division if i was to that was the pick right
0: now I really hope they get past the first round <laughs> I think definitely.
1: so I think so
0: yeah I think so too it's just as a Leafs fan like I love them so much but I, I still have my doubts <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm think, all in but I'm not at the same time
1: yeah well you know what I think I think they, if they get the goal 10 and they will yeah I don't know about the Stanley Cup but I think uh, first round. Ooh. And then you never know. You get on a roll, you win around, you get on a roll, okay. anything can happen. That's that's how it works. You always have you always have teams that have to get on a roll at the right time.
0: Another kind of tough question. If you're the Leafs coaching staff, are you starting Campbell or Anderson?
1: Uh well the playoffs are tomorrow, you start Campbell. Um but if you get Anderson in here at the end of the season for a few games, and you know, I think you you have him ready. I think i I think for them to, if they want to win, I think you're going to need Anderson to um, eventually be the guy, but I think you go Campbell right now, you know, and Riddick can be good too. He's, he's a, he's a confidence guy though. When he's good, he's lights out, but when he's not, you know, you get the other side. So um, I just think I, Freddie Anderson to me, I think is, is just a good goalie. He always has been, you know, he was in Anaheim for a bunch of years and, I always thought he was a really good goalie. And even in Toronto, he's been really good. So, um, you know, I know there's been a, some sort of times this year when he struggled and he's injured, but uh, yeah, he's a good goalie. And I don't think uh, – you know, I think just finding a guy to roll with is, is the key. And, uh, you know, what can you say about Campbell? He's He's been incredible this year. So I think you have a lot of options, I guess. <laughs> One doesn't yeah. work out. You, you know, you almost go like if you – if you win you're in and otherwise we go to the next guy you know i think that's i don't think the leafs are going to be losing games um you know if they lose a game i think their goal is going to have to be really off uh, especially early that, that's my my thing because i think they're going to put up i think they're going to be able to score that's that's one thing about this team they'll score goals
0: yeah oh their defense is looking pretty good this year too that's been such a relief for sure yeah i Brody's knew that incredible I,
1: yeah tj brody you know he's a guy when we talk about underrated like we we knew in calgary how good he was especially players on the team you know even even the media here by the end they're all all over Broads, but as a player he he was so good you know just the little things mm-hmm. he does and he's not flashy and he doesn't care to be flashy he just he lets whoever he's playing with um you know do their thing and it makes them better which is what, what you're seeing in toronto so I knew that would be a great fit for the Leafs, especially the style of play they they play, because he can skate, he moves the puck, he's good positionally. Um, you know, so he's good defensively. Like, you know, he's not gonna throw open ice hits and be flashy that way, but he's always in position. Um, has a good stick. So that's that's what you want from a guy. I think uh I think he's been probably their, you know, their best addition really. When you when you look at who they added in the offseason, I'd say Broads is probably the guy, even though people don't talk about him as much as they should.
0: I agree big time. I think he's been our best defenseman this year. Like as just like being defensively sound and positionally and everything. And I, this is coming from the guy that named his daughter Riley after Morgan Riley. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's good too. He's, they're, oh, you know, amazing. they compliment, they complement each other, right? You can't just have two guys that do the same thing. So it's, it's a nice fit.
0: Yeah. It's nice to see Sandine come in and have Ben Hutton there as well. It seems like we finally got some depth on defense, which is really nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the,
0: yeah, we'll, they just gotta get on a roll. I think
1: I think I think this is the year they're gonna do a little bit. We'll see it. I just don't know what happens if they get through the Canadian division, what happens, you know, in the semifinals. But obviously you get to the semifinals, it's exciting though. So <laughs> oh yeah. But then you kind of go from there. But like, how are they gonna match up against you know, Colorado or Vegas? Luckily, one of those two teams are gonna be out because they're going to have to meet each other. So um, yeah, you never know. I think uh, it's right there for them for sure. Uh, You know, you don't have to play Boston. That's for sure. That's a good thing.
0: You think Toronto's throwing a parade, even through COVID season, if the Leafs win a cup,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the fans are going (laughs) to care.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we're, uh, we're past all this or somewhat, But yeah, I I think if the Leafs win, people are going to go nuts and it won't be good for for COVID, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) Most definitely. Uh, Zach, you got any more? I have one more little one really quickly. Who's your cup pick right now?
1: Oh, my cup pick is um, Colorado. Um, However, it worries me that they have to play vegas like those are my two picks vegas and colorado i know i can just pick one i think whoever comes out of that division between those two teams is going to win so and i think colorado's going to beat them but you never know colorado seems to always get an injured goalie in the playoffs or something so yeah. <laughs> vegas might go through and um but hey I, it's hard to tell because I, I it's not like i've sat down and watched uh you know games you know full-on to see you know, I see highlights, you know, the Canadian teams, I I know all of them because we've been watching them, but you know, there's like Carolina is unbelievable too. Florida looks like, you know, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. You got Tampa. So that division's going to have a, an unbelievable team coming out of there. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I think Pittsburgh, Washington, that division, you know, who's going to come out of there. I, I don't even, it's going to be four good teams. So I, I, I don't really know. And you don't know how, you know, the divisions match up against there. That's what's unique about this year where yeah. uh, in, in years past, you would never see that.
0: Yeah. They have no idea what to expect coming into playing whatever team they meet up with It's they haven't seen it.
1: Exactly. But okay. Hey, gives everybody a chance. I think once you're in the playoffs, it's honestly team gets goal, gets hot. You, you start feeling good as a team. I think, uh, yeah, that could happen. I, you know, Toronto's got, they've, there's a good chance that they've had in a long time. So lots to be excited about.
0: Most definitely. Uh, I don't have any more questions. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. I think we're at a 45 minutes there. Uh, big, big, big thank you for coming on, Matt. Like, absolute honor to talk to you, to have you on here. Uh, you're our first major guest. Incredible.
1: Well, thanks for having me. No, it's my pleasure for sure.
0: Thank you very much and uh yeah oh man i'm i'm like fangirling right now i've been fangirling i was so (laughs) nervous the last hour before we sent you the link it was just yeah i didn't know how i was going to react so this yeah this one really good very happy to have you on well
1: yeah thanks for having me enjoy the playoffs it'll be uh yeah it'll be interesting who who the leafs play here I, i i don't know um Montreal does not look like a team that wants to be in the playoffs right now. So we'll see if they slide out of it, but uh, we'll see. Enjoy the ride.